Hello and for the welcome. record, this is not live. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I did not know you were about to jump right in at that moment. Andrew just immediately shoots himself in the foot. All right. I'm gonna oh go God. Back to lunch. <laughs> okay. All right. Hello and welcome to the Amped About Movies podcast. Today, we'll be discussing the Academy Award-winning documentary, Free Solo, directed by Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai for Salhai. It's starring Alex Honnold, the champion climber, Tommy Caldwell, and Jimmy Chin, among others. And uh, as for a plot synopsis, basically, Alex Honnold attempts to become the first person to ever free solo climb El Capitan. Am I pronouncing that right, El Capitan? I think it's El Capitan, but who gives it? El Capitan. All right, there we go. (laughs) Anyway, so we're going to jump right in and get our first impressions. We're going to start off with Colin. Thank you, David. Yeah, I, uh, I, cat's out of the bag. If anyone's listened to our Mank podcast, I've already talked about my score and that I love this movie. I did not pull a switcheroo and watch Mank to discuss it with the rest of the, the squad. Oh, that man. Um, I know everyone was looking forward to that. But what can I say, Free Solo? An amazing documentary. I think it was fully deserving of best documentary picture for um, the Academy Award when it came out. I think it was gripping. The amount of emotion that it conveys, it, it puts the audience into Alex's mindset so well. And you're really kind of pulling for them the entire time, all knowing like the risks involved and the, the different people that are like rooting for them. But also are you know, very skeptical or maybe just, maybe not skeptical is not a good word, but concerned about his, his health and safety as he attempts this, but they understand his, his need to do so and, and push himself and push the limits. You know, you watch it, your hands are they're sweaty the entire time. I'm personally a very, very amateur rock climber. I did it a bit in college and, you know, before COVID times, but, mm. but so I, I know enough about rock climbing to know how insane <laughs> all this stuff he did was. Yeah. I also think they convey that really well in the film. Like they're really great at kind of breaking down all the different aspects. And I love this scene where they talk about the different route. And he's like, oh, there's two options, like the flying lead kick to, to get to the other side. Um, I rehearsed it a million yeah. times. but the you karate know, kick. Don't do it all. Right. Yeah, I, I, I really like the movie, and um, I'd love to hear what everyone else is too. Awesome. Yeah, I I also really enjoyed this film. Um, Definitely looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts. Let's pass it over to Chad. Actually, sorry. Uh, I would love the the thoughts on the different version of van life. I know we watched Nomadland uh, last week, and this is a very different version of van life. I wouldn't say nearly as romantic as the old one, this one. This movie (laughs) is certainly a genre crosser. I mean, it, all I could think about when he was doing the final free climb, like in the, in the end of the movie, was like that scene from the beginning of Mission Impossible 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, like when he's describing the way that when you're really free solo climbing, you would never do a jump. And then I think back to that scene where Tom, Tom Cruise is just like leaping on the rocks. Like, you know, it's just absolutely absurd when you think about it after watching this movie. So, yeah, there's a lot of cool genre crossing in this movie. Uh Anyway, back to Chad. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely I think I sung the praises quite a lot on the on the Mank podcast, but I'll just echo all of the things again that this was probably one of the my favorite documentaries that I've ever seen. I just really sometimes with documentaries I feel like it's difficult to really like get into it and enjoy it in a sense that, you know, you enjoy watching the film as opposed to like, oh, I'm learning something, you know, like I think to some of the documentaries that I watch where it's just like mostly educational, you know, you're like, you're watching it. You're like, Oh good. I can, you know, broadening my horizons and learning something new about the world. And you do that through this documentary, but also you're engaged in the people that are in it. You're engaged in the story. You legitimately care about the, the people who are going through this and how they feel and their emotional attachment to like, should we be doing this? Like what happens if he falls? Like, like, I don't really know if I want to like come out here and do this, like, and be a part of this. Like, should I even be encouraging him? Like, should I try and stop him? Like, it's a very emotional story. Yeah. And I think it's really 
probably my favorite part about it is that it captures a moment in history and you get to watch it and experience it time and time again. Like how many moments in history of like you get to hear about or are recorded and you know, you get secondhand accounts. I think it's really, really cool that for this specific like athletic achievement, a real true moment that has been built up to for a very, very long time. It might not happen for a, a long time after this. You get to literally experience it as it's happening and, and through the through the actual like capturing of the event. I think that's just a really, really cool aspect of it. I echo a lot of what Colin yeah. said and what a like what a technical marvel that this film was even able to get made. Like I I think we talked about it on Mank, but like there's a handful of people on the planet that are skilled enough rock climbers and skilled enough cameramen and soundmen and cinematographers that would be able to capture this entire event. And the fact that they were able to pull it off and create a really engaging documentary that is really, really well shot, just hats off to them. Really well yeah. done all around, and I really yeah. enjoyed watching it, and I would watch it again and again and again. Yeah. Honestly, that is one of the things they kind of skimmed over in this movie. They just had one little scene like, oh, yeah, this is the greatest crew we could possibly have for this. They're really great. And then they just kind of moved on. And I'm like, dude, these guys are so good. And And the fact is, I mean just thinking about putting this all together. I mean, you can, anybody can point a camera and a lot of people can rock climb, but to have the coordination to put this all together, I mean, the directors just so good, so good. I had to give the cinematography a 10, like easily. That one, I was just going through my categories. I was like, oh, 10, easy. Boom, I, done. I'll, I'll give a, a sneak preview. I think this is the first time on the on the podcast that I've ever given an eleven, and I I gave cinematography an eleven, because not nice. only did they have to like capture this all, they had to like stay out of his way during the climb too. Yeah, like just right. for like safety right. reasons, they had to be close enough to capture it, but also like we need to stay like as far away from him because if it's like if he breaks focus or if he loses like or if he's worried about what we're doing, like it might cause him to make a mistake, and like I don't want to feel responsible for my friend's death, and I was like. Oh, this is just yeah. so interesting. That, that one scene where they're talking about just like coming to terms with like, yeah, this documentary is great and all, and this is amazing the work we're doing, but like, if we do all of this and just have Alex just fall off the cliff, like, how are we going to come to terms with that? Like, they were like, yeah, we have a 4K shot of my best friend like falling yeah. to death, and the fact that they like didn't really shy away from like explaining that to the viewer is just like. I don't know. I think it gives it the movie like so much gravity, like where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like legit, legit. Like this is insane. And like yeah. the one scene where he's like, oh, I have to compete on the level of an Olympic athlete. And if I don't get absolute gold, I die. And you're yeah. like, oh, OK. Yeah. I was thinking of things like there's there's games like Spelunky that are roguelikes where you die. And if you die, you have to start the whole game over again. So it's kind of like you have one life instead of most video games. I'm just putting this in my own frame of reference. But like, I, I was imagining, like, this is like if you were playing Dark Souls and you couldn't die or else you die in real life. Like, <laughs> you have to do a perfect playthrough of Dark Souls where you cannot die a single time. I was right. like, dude, just trying to wrap my brain around the stakes of this, you know, right. in my own context. Um, so yeah, I thought, dude, this guy's insane. And but I also, also like the context of, like, his girl friend yes buy a house together and they're like starting a life and he's like talking about relationships and how she really likes him and he like likes her back but obviously they kind of delve into it and talk about how he has kind of inability to empathize with other people and mm-hmm. like he i don't know exactly what that was but it essentially is like oh he's unable to process that type of stuff as much and that gives him the ability to do these crazy yeah. ridiculous things and it's crazy to talk about the relationship especially contextually against this giant climb that's super hard right because you're and you're like oh it's not just him like you know falling to death which is terrible but like you you know all his friends now that care yeah. about him so, yeah i thought that this movie was so interesting it was almost like whiplash part two you know okay beard I'm going to hand it over to you. You're next anyway. So what do, what, do, what do you have to say about that? Oh, well, I mean, I didn't want to cut you off because it sounded like you were about to go into a huge point there. But I thought the exact same thing um, as I, in fact, I, th- I think I wrote that down in my notes. And I was even talking with somebody about it after the fact. 
and he also brought up whiplash yeah um it's yeah the parallel was extremely close in this case yeah. in where he was just like andrew in that movie where he would like stop at nothing to achieve what he was trying to achieve and i thought that was really encapsulated well by this one quote he was talking about where he was comparing like his goals in life with sonny's goals in life yes and he's and he's like oh for her life is about being happy for me it's about performance you don't accomplish anything in the world by being happy yeah and i was like I wow that was so spot on yeah that was that was crazy and and yeah i i drew the immediate comparison with with whiplash because i thought that's exactly what that movie was about yeah and i think that's the beauty of this documentary because it just keeps pulling this string like if you just walked up to alex and said like hey what's your philosophy on life he'd be like i don't know just like to climb i like to have a fun time i think it's cool but like they just keep following him and pulling the string more and more until eventually you get to that nugget where he's like yeah this is her view and this is my view and it's just really well stated and i'm sure he said lots and lots of things over the course of the three or four years they were filming this but the fact that they were able to distill all that and really bring it to the forefront i thought was just really good yeah, especially that like when when his like contemporaries, I think he was a French climber, he like fell off and like you know passed away, and he, they were talking about and like people dealing with his death, and yeah, like one of the his trainer guy was his name Tommy Caldwell. Caldwell. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, yeah, it was it was really bad, especially now as like a family man. Like I think about it, and my wife. And they cut to Alex, and he was like, they were like, oh yeah, his his wife is really sad, and Alex is like, well, what is it? What what does she expect? Like she's yeah, she's a rock climber. And yeah. like, and I think they talked about that to his wife, and his wife was like devastated by that. Yeah, so like you're you're my guy. You're that. No, that can't happen. And then like, yeah, really shows like that, that dynamic of what he's. I don't know. Even compartmentalized within his brain of he's like, it is what it is. Like this is my life. This is my profession. Like, and there's risk to it. Like, and yeah. that's there's no getting around it. Yeah, beard. Did you have any other first impressions to share? Yeah, yeah, a couple others. So. Some of the some of the big stuff, Colin and Chad, you guys already nailed because my thoughts exactly. Chad, one thing that you said was, you know, it's it's kind of a different documentary in the sense that the point wasn't to educate you. I mean, you did learn some stuff, but like, you know, it's not a strictly educational documentary or something like that. It was kind of more just like a fun, a for fun documentary, and truly, it was the most exciting documentary I've ever seen. It's you know, they're not usually put they don't usually put you on the edge of your seat. So I thought that was kind of cool. But it was also that, you know, it could have just been a documentary about him doing this climb. And it could have been like, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it would have still been a sweet documentary. But I loved Mm -hmm. that they went in depth about like, why would a person do this? Yeah. And talking and like they went so far to like do an MRI on his brain and like talking about like how he just like processes fear differently. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they and went really far into his backstory and like how he got here and all these other things. And like, for me as somebody who like, I don't know, climbed like maybe three times in my senior year of college, like who knows like the smallest amount of about climbing, but really mm-hmm. is a true novice. It helped me really understand like why people go to these lengths and why that is something they would do. It's uh, you know, it was kind of like going into this movie, it was kind of a mental block where I was like, okay, if you can do it with ropes, why would you not just do it with ropes? You know, that's yeah. so much safer and and you're basically doing the same thing. Um, but it, I think they did do a good job of explaining like, yeah, for some people, this is what it's all about. So that was cool. And yeah, I, I thought it, you guys were beginning to touch on a little bit too about like how it was kind of an interesting dynamic to contrast his uh, motivations um, and ambitions with his girlfriend um, and how that was kind of like a source of conflict, but they kind of mm-hmm. like tried to work through it. I was like constantly not sure how to, what, like what my attitude should have been about mm-hmm. Sonny, because sometimes I was like, man, this dude's like being a dick to his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and other times I was like, man, she's like really holding him back from doing what he wants to do in life. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I'm still like kind of wondering, like, was, you know, I, was, I was that a good thing? Was that a bad thing? That. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, those. Yeah, I, it was a great movie and, and very enjoyable. I'm glad we, glad we watched it. Yeah. Cool. Well, Hunter, do you want to give your first impressions? 
Yeah, totally. So I know I'm going to be echoing a lot of what was said earlier on in the podcast, but the biggest thing that I could equate this this documentary to, similar to Whiplash, was I just started watching True Detective. And mm-hmm. True Detective is a TV show not just about an investigation going on, but about how the investigation affects those that are involved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of what best explains this documentary, that yes, it is about climbing El Capitan and Alex's story, but it's also about how his life and the actions that he takes and and the decisions that he makes affects those around him. You know, we we hear about, I believe it was Tommy talking about the dream he had. You know, wow, Mm -hmm. now he hasn't gotten injured his whole life and now he's fallen twice unexpectedly in the past month. And I had this dream that he called me and he had a bone falling out of his arm. And we get to see those emotional moments that Alex doesn't necessarily get to see and see how one person and the actions they take can affect so many people around him. Yeah. And so I thoroughly enjoyed that along with seeing the, the, the rock climbing itself and the free soloing. I I thought that was amazing, but I really liked seeing how somebody's life decisions affect those who care about him most. Yeah. I, I thought that this documentary did a phenomenal job at that at making at opening, not, not only having Alex open up, but having those around him really show that vulnerability of how mm-hmm. they were affected going through this process. I mean, you see, I'm blanking on the cameraman's name who's at the bottom while Alex is, he's, he's doing the climb of El Cap and he's like, I can't watch this. And, and you see the stress and I just can't imagine what that is like to that. That's the closest I'm ever going to get to see what that is like to be in that scenario. We're like, Oh my gosh, this, I am watching somebody that I've known for years now and there's and it's all up to them they could die in the next second they could I could be hugging him tomorrow I don't know what's going to happen and seeing that raw emotion is what drew me so into this documentary yeah Uh, as well I loved uh we talked about cinematography I absolutely loved the perspective shots I thought that this documentary did a great job at making the viewer feel small there's a fantastic shot of the van driving across planes and it is this tiny blip and all those phenomenal shots of where you see Alex climbing and it's a close up and it zooms out and then shows just the sheer scope of whatever he is climbing. And then I, I just thought it did a great job at making whatever Alex was climbing seem as tough as possible because i think that's something that you can lose in a movie where if you're just showing from the perspective of the climber and you're up close the sheer scope of the of the action they're taking doesn't feel as big as it does in real life and i thought that uh the whole camera crew did a phenomenal job at getting as close as possible to putting that across on the screen dude that's such an interesting thing to bring up because much like the way that the cinematography like really magnifies the experience i feel like this action climbing el capitan solo free solo is like Mm -hmm. magnifying everyday experiences i don't know like the way that his relationship and the selfishness he has to have to make to make him be the the thing that matters most you know like my my need to climb this mountain outweighs you wanting me to live like Mm -hmm. Every day we make decisions like that. Like, oh, I want to spend time with my friends podcasting, not doing whatever else you want to do. You know, like, oh, I I don't know. And then the same with the life or death aspect of it. Like, every day I might get in a car and my odds of dying in the car in a car crash are actually fairly high compared to just sitting around doing nothing. But I still do it and I still drive places um and everyone around me is okay with it because it's something everyone does but like you still take risks on a daily basis that could end up with your death which i think is kind of alex's point like i could die any day doing anything why not make it be something awesome that if i do succeed you know is totally worth it to me and everyone else is like but why are you doing it you know and it's i don't know i just think that it was such an interesting movie because when i'm sitting down to watch a documentary about rock climbing I'm not expecting to have this introspection about my about life, but instead I'm presented with these concepts that magnify my everyday decisions. I, I completely agree, and I thought that was beautifully said. 
that's something, David, I know that we had a similar conversation about this yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but talking about now, we mentioned Nomadland last week and stringing, stringing the points that were brought up from last week's podcast and sort of connecting it to this week's. I think it's very interesting looking at that exact phrase that you mentioned and talking about this is what I want to do and other people say no. We are, are you sure you want to do that with last week with everybody that who made the choice for van life? I want to make that clear. Obviously, some people didn't have to make the choice, but the people who did make the choice to be a nomad, you know, they had some had an opportunity to live in a home that was in one place and, and, mm-hmm. and another life. Same with right. Alex. Alex could have done uh, anything he wanted and he chose to risk his life every time that he free solos but he pursues what he cares about most and i just think that with the trajectory that our podcast is going in i know we're going to dive deeper into the movie but i think it's interesting how again we can get these glimpses into other people's lives that focus that that's not focus but forces us to sit in introspect and think about the decisions that we're making and i think that's awesome that this this documentary creates a byproduct of that that's not the intention of making the documentary but uh what alex said is he said people are going to watch this kids are going to watch this and say that's oh that's so cool i want to do something cooler that the effect that a documentary can have on us i think that's awesome yeah right on all right well uh i think we can just chat about whatever but i'm just going to bring up the fact that i really loved the explanations of the climb as he as he went like i loved the way that they set that all up like he's like oh yeah now i'm gonna grab this grainy soft part and then i'm gonna put my thumb here and then i'm gonna press off with the other thumb and and like as he's as they're filming him doing it he's explaining it in a, in a talking head almost and then when he does the real climb there's just silence and music and the music is so good and he's just in your in your head like oh there's the thumb thing then he does the other thumb then he puts his foot over then yeah and you're just like oh man i know exactly what's happening because they set it up so well on all those crucial parts um and then when he finally makes it to the end i don't know the music swelled it sounded very similar in my head to the theme at the end of marvel movies when the hero finally you know finishes winning and (laughs) and i just thought this was so much more impactful it made Marvel movies like crumble in my mind compared to this. Like, how can you care about that anymore after you've seen this? I don't know. I'm I obviously I'm still gonna love Marvel movies. It's not gonna stop. But that also was in my head because I'm thinking about watching Justice League Snyder cut sometime soon and just. Oh, you poor soul! It was amazing. <laughs> no, not a poor soul. Hold up, that that movie. I watched that movie as well this weekend, and it was incredible. And so giving a direct one-to-one comparison, I'm Honor, sorry. I'm not, no, no, no. We can't be completely canceled based on, if you think that movie's good and then you go on to rate other movies, like I, this, this might break down the entire legitimacy <laughs> you, podcast. Have you seen the, have you seen the Snyder Cut? No, but I, I've seen uh, Man of Steel and that movie is god awful. That's a it different movie. Bad. Yeah, but it's, it's bad. It's, it's, I'm, it's gonna, I'm gonna give bad. my, I think we get to give Snyder cut a pass until we viewed it's four it. Four hours that's... Of, of nothing. No, trust me, this is that uh, I, I hate the breaking away, but the Snyder cut, in my opinion, is Zack Snyder's best movie because it is the closest he's gotten to go to showing his real, his ultimate vision of what he wants. Four in a hours movie. of blowing up empty buildings. That's no, what that is. Okay. It's, it's it's four hours of of character building. Out. I will not take this slander. No, that's you Lawrence of Arabia. In Bruges, and then you say Zack Snyder cut is good. Okay. You know, fun fact: In Bruges was actually brought up in my work this week. Oh my god! Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we jump off of In Bruges, like the when he was talking about if he fell, I was like, ooh. <laughs> the the thing that popped into my head was that scene from In Bruges. I was like, dude, this movie's relevant again. Yep. And for, yeah, he's gonna hit the ground. He'll be like, "Okay, I'm gonna yeah. die now." And then that's it. Okay, Hunter, sorry, I cut you off. I just want to mention that Imbruge was brought up at work, so another week of of talking about Imbruge, the most Imbruge relevant movie of all time. Relevant movie. <laughs> I had a conversation with somebody about Imbruge too. Thank you. All right, they were. No, it was hilarious. 
I want an apology in writing from all of you. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay, wait. I was really disappointed though. I mean, Colin, you, you would have loved it because this guy, he loved it, Bruce. He's like, oh yeah, I watched it so many times in college. Like that movie's awesome. Thank and I was you. like, and I was like, yeah, like I have a friend who loves it. And and so then I brought up the part about alcoves, right? Because <laughs> I thought I thought that was like the funniest part of the movie. And he's like what i was like you know like the alcoves part you know he was like talking about this thing he was like the oh he's a fraud. Guy. and he's like oh i don't remember that part i'm like did you, i'm like did you even watch it did you even times? watch like, the movie that's the, that uh yuri the gun dealer is by far the best character in that whole movie <laughs> nooks and crannies you want some dum-dums you know what the word dum-dums mean oh makes the head explode yeah right it makes the head explode oh, i really shouldn't but i'll i'll take it anyway Sorry. I showed I showed my roommate that the other day. So I've also talked about in Bruges this week. So not gonna lie, that episode is our most listened episode of season two. Like, I wonder why. It's so it's funny. Damn, Probably because wow. we reference it in every episode, and then people are like, well, "I have to watch this one." Man, like maybe this is really catching on. People are like going back. They like listen to one. They now want to like figure out what in Bruges is all about. Uh, I love the idea that he would just get up and climb a mountain, like. Or, or at the end when he's like, you know what? I'm done climbing this mountain. I did it. Greatest accomplishment of my life. Going to go hang off this board for like an hour. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, but this is one of my favorite things about the whole movie is like they show him as being like this laid back, like super like laissez-faire type dude. And then he like pulls out this notebook and he's like going through. He's like, then I put my foot here and then I hold my hand here and then I do this thing. And he's got like, I don't know, however many thousands steps it is notes. to climb this mountain, yeah. like memorized. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my god! Like you know, I thought like obviously I don't know anything about rock climbing. But, like I figured you'd have to do some planning and you like know your route and everything. But the detail that he went into was insane. Like yeah, I, that was cool. Like he just, knows what the rocks feel like. Yeah, that's just the level of detail and memorized in his brain. He can probably do this. I mean, he has sleep. to. Yeah, it's just very impressive to see that level of mastery on scale. Especially when they show the shots of like his toes just like standing on nothing. Like honestly, I'm just blown away with all of these shots. So good. Yeah, like how could he do that for like four hours? Like that's what I just don't understand. Like I know obviously he's like a professional and he has like insane finger strength and balance and things like that. But I'm just like, yo, like I go I, again. I've done rock climbing like three times, so like I'm obviously not a good point of comparison. But like. You know, like these little finger holds that, you know, it's like a little nub out of the rock that you like, you know, put like one finger on and it like holds up most of your body weight. I'm like, I mean, doing that like once just blows my mind, but then doing it for four hours or three and a half hours or whatever for like this whole climb, I just like, and and the fact that he like didn't have any water or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. like while he was climbing, I just like, I would be so fatigued. Yeah. And it's like, it's also hard to keep in mind that it's like hot, you know, and there's bugs. I mean, they show shots where there's like flies all over the wall. It's like, dude, this guy is is nuts. Absolutely wicked. I mean, and I also love that they don't shy away from showing his girlfriend and that she's not exactly happy about all of this. And just the fact that it puts a burden on everyone around him. I mean, I know we talked about that a lot earlier, but just even at the very end, he's just sitting there. And what would normally be a normal shot of like a straight on shot. And he's just talking to the camera like, yeah, you know, I might try something else. We'll see whatever the kids come up with, the crazy things they want to do. Maybe I'll be the one to do it. Maybe not. If it, if not, that's okay. And then it cuts over to her and she's just sitting there like kind of shaking her head. Like clearly she she says stuff like, oh, I'm so glad it's over. Like, I'm so glad you're done. And he's just like kind of not agreeing. You know, he he doesn't disagree. He's like, yeah, I'm glad I did it. But he's not like, yeah, I'm glad it's done. I'm I'm feeling satisfied. This dude is clearly never satisfied. And I don't know, it's just it's like hard to watch. I I found that like you were saying, Beard, they're both selfish in their own ways. You know? Like if if I were him, I'd probably just break up with her because he clearly doesn't care about her as much as he does rock climbing. Like that would always come first, like he said. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, she she can leave anytime. Kind of troubled by her because I felt like like I think my opinion at the end was I felt like she was trying to change him, like sometimes for the better, but sometimes I was like you know it's like I, I think you're like pushing it a little too hard. Like I think there's too many like red flags here where like clearly you don't have the same 
values and life ambitions. So like, I'm not sure if this totally makes sense long term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to judge their relationship as long as they're not doing anything like terrible or abusive. But I do think that you have a point. You know, it's I, it just doesn't seem sustainable. Well, they, to, uh, to contradict that, uh, I looked up on their Instagram. He, they're married, so I don't know. Oh what my gosh! Wow. Relationship is like gotten better over. Well, good for them. Maybe yeah, dude, I'm happy for him. him. Yeah. So. I'm happy for know. him. It is interesting because think... it's they show he has like pictures of like their marriage or their their wedding photos and stuff and like. Are they like hanging off a cliff? I think so. they did something thematically <laughs> like in line. Um, but then again, like a few posts over on his Instagram, it's like a friend of his and they're like, you know, just like holding arms or like having like arms on each other's shoulders. And they're like, Oh, like rip man. Like, sorry to see, like, it's so sad that you you're gone and stuff. Cause he was another free soloist and he died. So it's like crazy to see that dynamic, like in his own life where it's like, yeah, I'm really happy. I'm married. Like all this other stuff. I'm sponsored by North face. I won Academy award, like all this fun jazz. And then like, the next post on his Instagram was like his friend who's in his same field dying from the sport they do. It's Jeez. insane. That is just crazy. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm imagining them getting married, though. I'm like imagining them getting married and that little cliff with that dude with the unicorn onesie. <laughs> Apparently, I, I was like on the IMDb page for that, and I think they said that one guy was like a, also a really famous climber, and he was just oh my like, god, really around on the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> so it's really funny. The scene he like walks by, he's like, oh hi, so sorry, and the guy's like <laughs> in his yeah. suit. <laughs> I know. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, yeah, this this movie had lots of good stuff going. Um, you guys have anything else before we jump into the ratings? I would just like to add, after watching Free Solo, I watched something else completely. I don't know, like the Nat Geo portion of Disney+, Plus, but there is this TV show called Running Wild with Bear Grylls, where Bear Grylls will just like take celebrities and, and people like out and do like survival stuff with them. And Alex was on an episode of that show with Bear Grylls. And really? I watched that episode because I was curious, like, you know, he's like a celebrity for sure, but he's also like a world-class athlete. like you know like this is gonna be very different and normally on that show the people like get dropped off and they just like walk around a little bit and they like do like maybe they do some like physical activity like they have to build a raft or something alex literally he went skydiving to get on the show like that was the first thing he did then like in the middle of the show like they were crossing this bridge and bear was like oh we need to get down there and he's like can we just repel like we have rope can we just like go off the bridge and like just repel down instead of like hiking and bear was like yeah, i mean yeah sure if you if you want we can repel so they went repelling and then later on they're like they have to like walk through glacial river where it's like freezing cold and obviously bear girls is like gotta take your your shoes pants gotta come off man you know can't be wet out here like we gotta keep them dry and now it's like was like looking around he's like can i just like climb the rock face of that this river has like cut into the side of this mountain and just like climb sideways across the whole thing and bear was like yeah if you want like you gotta do it safely and everything and he's like oh yeah i'll just i'll just climb i don't really want to be cold and wet (laughs) So he just, that. like, climbed the whole thing. And then at the end, Bear was, like, the portion of the show that he had, like, set up to, like, show that Alex was a great climber was, like, oh, we're going to do this, like, you know, this climbing ascent thing here. And, and he's, like, I know it's not nearly anything that, you know, would be difficult for you. And Alex looked at it and he's, like, yeah, this shouldn't be too bad. And he, like, starts climbing up and gets to this point. And he's, like, he, like, looks back at Bear and Bear's, like, looking up at him. And he's, like, oh, my God, Alex looks a little confused. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> like... <laughs> and I thought it was just so funny that like on Bear's own show he kept like getting shown up by Alex because he was just like I don't really feel like doing it the way Bear is doing it so like, yeah <laughs> they definitely lean like, into my skills yeah they definitely like set it all up where they're like okay we got like these four objectives we're gonna have Alex do with Bear it's gonna be really, really fun and then Alex is like I'm just gonna do something else I'll <laughs> BRB like that's yeah, he, like that's, walks that's around right on it was great highly great. recommend it. And he's just, like, funny. Like, you know, he's just, like, such a relaxed dude. So, like, him going into, like, this hardcore survival situation, he's just joking about everything. Like, really, <laughs> if you if you watch Free Solo and you're like, man, I need more of this, watch Running Wild with Bear Grylls that has Alex on it. Great, great uh, TV. That does sound awesome. I will probably have to check that out. 
All right. So I'm just going to jump right in. I gave this movie a 90 out of 100. Pretty much got all nines and like a couple eights and tens. I gave it 10 for cinematography and a 10 for impact. And I gave it an eight for acting because I didn't know how to rate acting in a documentary. It wasn't bad, but it also wasn't like a 10, I guess. And uh, same with special effects because it was just like, really? I don't know. But overall, 90 definitely deserves it. It's a great movie. All right. And I think that means Colin is next. Yep. Yeah, the like I said at the beginning, the cat's out of the bag a bit on my score. I uh, gave this a 10 on my Mank podcast, and I stand <laughs> by that. Incredible. No, not Mank. Mank d- deserves whatever horrible score I gave it. But um, <laughs> Free Solo, 10 out of 10, one of the best documentaries I've seen in a very long time. It is gripping, informative, puts you on an adventure, and it just, I don't know, it, it, it leaves you with such a lasting impression and i think it's it's very much rewatchable as well so yeah i think is it's it's a documentary it is it is really rewatchable i was thinking about that like i feel like i could just put this on relax watch it it's not like the same level of stress as i felt with whiplash like when i was watching whiplash i was actively sweating like yes i I was literally nervous you get dread you get like you're like you're like oh let's like it's like like taking a test that you like studied for but not really and you're like oh my god like this yeah. one it just feels like a roller coaster but like a little bit of like that guy might die but not really yeah. but also yeah probably. yeah you know, like, it oh, helps god. it helps the fact that i know he didn't die from this yeah. you know going in whereas in whiplash you don't know what's gonna happen like it's right. a movie so yeah i don't know all right uh passing over to beard what did you rate this film or i guess documentary not a film we were talking about that earlier too <laughs> Documentaries or films? Well, Colin and I were talking about the fact that it's really hard to rate a documentary the same way that we rate like a Wes Anderson wow. film. Yeah. You know, like true. there's not that same level of intent put into crafting it. Obviously, there is yeah. a lot of intent putting into crafting it and taking whatever shots they get, but you know, it's not the same as a film with a capital F. <laughs> well, it is different, and yeah, I think the score does reflect that. Um, I give it what I consider a high score, seventy-seven. <laughs> I yeah, I knew that was coming. But where uh, does that rank for you though? Fifty-three. It's actually his third movie on the list. He's never <laughs> given a movie above an eighty. Oh. oh He's man. like, I gave it an eighty-one, a perfect score. <laughs> <laughs> the last twenty the last twenty uh twenty-eight points are reserved. Okay, okay. I don't know if I've ever made this comparison with you guys, but like I I loosely base my scores off of FIFA scores or FIFA ratings, right? Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> like, like, okay, 77? Yeah, he could he could be in your starting lineup. Like, yeah, this is a Christian Pulisic. This is a Christian Pulisic. This is like a maybe a Jordan or a Jaden Sancho, you know? It'll be all good. Right, exactly. But it's, it's like... I know Eden Hazard, but it'll work. It's like every every player can't be messy. You know, I'm not going to give, like, over 90 for, you know, just right. left and right, you know? Right. Messi's only like a 94 anyways. Like, there's yeah, no... Exactly. Level yeah. 99 sucks. So what, does the director's cut, like, does that make the player Not bring next like a man of the match, match, man of the match type movie? Does does a director's cut move it up there to man of the match or a Do player? Stop bringing Justice League into the, my free solo movie, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say jury's out on the director's cut because I think we all know George Lucas has made, has taken some creative liberties with Star Wars movies since they've been released. And those are not good. What's like the opposite of Man of the Match? Like, like almost cost him the game guy? <laughs> <laughs> Total scrub. <laughs> that would be like Skeet the head. Yeah, yeah. Skeet the, the, the Arby's brand, <laughs> the Arby's uh, <laughs> scrub of the game award. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like that. Um, but no, I... I gave I gave it like nine in enjoyability, nine in cinematography. Those are just like outstanding. I gave David, you were talking about special effects. I gave that an eight because I loved the I loved when they like were had shots of him on the mountain and they like zoomed out and then like showed the trail on there. Mm-hmm. I mean it was kind of a minor thing, but I thought that actually it was, is a good point. It like really enhanced the movie, I thought. So ah. You're right. I gave it an eight too, to be fair. But oh, okay. <laughs> I think my eight and your eight are different meanings. <laughs> Very you giving yeah. it an eight is like, wow. <laughs> like, I was really impressed by that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, Thanks. I I got it. 
Chad, what did you rate this film? David, I'm definitely a little bit closer to you. I came in at an 87. Mm. So actually, you know, probably fairly close to however Andrew rated it, just one point above everything else, because, <laughs> you know, I don't give movies that I really like 70s. But, you know, that's beside the point. Uh, definitely high score in cinematography. I think that's like the, one of the few 11s that I've ever given just because that's unbelievable to me that they were even able to capture it. Other than that, mostly 8s and 9s across the board. I did end up giving the, the plot a 7 just because at certain points I was like really putting the brakes on and talking about something that I don't super care about. Like mm-hmm. when they're like going house shopping and stuff, I'm like, Go back to the mountain. I want to see climbing. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I get how that's important for character development and like fleshing out and learning more. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. cool. Eighty-seven. Yeah. It's really still overall one of my favorite documentaries I've ever seen. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Hunter, what did you rate this film? Yeah, I uh, I'm in the camp, same as Chad and DB, with the close to ninety. I give it an eighty-six. So one point, nice. Chad. And everything you guys said, I echo a lot of. I don't think the soundtrack was mentioned in scoring. I know we talked about it earlier on, but the soundtrack mm-hmm. for me got a nine. That was a big standout. I thought it was great music choices. I know you mentioned that it felt like a Marvel movie. To me, it almost felt like Hans Zimmer a little bit. It reminded me yeah. sort of of Inception. That ending, the ending song, uh, Time from Inception by Hans Zimmer, it had sort of that grandiose effect, which I really mm-hmm. liked. But everything you guys mentioned... I echo. Enjoyability was a nine. I actually did feel that this was a little intense, especially when uh, we also we obviously know the ending because I don't think they would publish this documentary if he didn't survive <laughs> and wouldn't be showing us the final climb if he didn't survive. But still seeing him in certain spots on the final climb made me nervous. They had those great shots showing from the, I have no clue what this is called, but the sort of the bird's eye view looking down and you were able to see all the space below and get a sense of how high he was. And it's sort of the same as being on a bridge, like being on a bridge, knowing that you're safe, you're stable, that you should be able to be okay and still looking over and having that sense of nervousness. That's what I had. Yeah. And so I thought that that did add a lot in terms of cinematography, which I give a 10. And overall, 86 the lowest it got was in profoundness. I didn't think this movie was super profound. We did talk about what they said, what Alex said about his philosophy on happiness and coziness, which I think is was a great point. And again, similar to the talks that we had, have made us think about what we're doing in our lives. But I think other films that we've watched have been a little bit more profound. But overall, I would easily watch this again. My favorite documentary I've ever seen. I have not seen a lot of documentaries, but still, mm. my favorite documentary and one of the most enjoyable films, I think that, at least in my opinion, that we've watched on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this dude was really carping those DMs. He was seizing the day for sure. <laughs> what a verb. What a verb. Carping those DMs. <laughs> yeah, dude, he was he was seizing the day hard. That, that was another crossover to uh, a little dead poet society. So... <laughs> Eventually, this podcast is just going to become us, like, referencing other <laughs> episodes of our podcast just throughout the just whole gonna episode. Be, it's going to be a review of In Bruges every week forever. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. honestly, I think, I think we need to bump up the impact score for In Bruges because, <laughs> man, you. it, just, it oh, keeps I, coming back I every have. time. I oh, have. Really? It's, yeah. This is Colin's plan. If he just keeps bringing it up enough, eventually we'll increase our scores. I'm not even the one that's bringing it up. You guys bring it up. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like that's true. Week, like, hey, I'm talking about Imbruge. And I'll be like, awesome, give me more of that content. I, that's Imbruge, what I subscribe for. Imbruge is currently sitting at a three for impact for me, so I think I'll bring it up. You got to at bit. least triple that, homeboy. You got to <laughs> yeah. all the way up there. Yeah. I will say one of my – I haven't mentioned this, and I think this was also contributed to why I enjoyed this documentary so much, but my dad has is a five-time Ironman. And so he does Ironman triathlon races, and he did those a lot when I was younger, and he even competed in the Leadville triathlon, which is a whole competition with 25-mile bike rides and 25-mile runs, all leading up to a 100-mile run in the mountains. And so being, I got to see two Ironman races and one and a few of the Leadman races in person. 
Mm-hmm. And having that experience of seeing him train and it being race day, it being the day. And, and one day I even on one of the races, I got up early with him and helped him set up the bike. We were up at 4 a.m. setting up the bike, getting all this stuff and cheering him on throughout the race. A lot of that feeling I had sort of throughout this movie. And it allowed me to reminisce on those awesome memories that I had with my, with my dad. So that was just another cool factor just byproduct of this film that was at least super unique to my viewing experience which i really enjoyed yeah dude that's that's spot on my dad has also participated in like some pretty challenging sporting events like a marathon and you're you're right on like the day of is such a big day and it's like like that that scene where he bails that's why it is also so impactful because it's like you know this is it we've been working so long to get here and it's now or never, do or die. And uh, yeah, that's that's a really good comparison. They also did some really great stuff. The shot where they showed the guy falling off the mountain, but then he had a parachute. Like, I didn't realize that dude had a parachute, obviously. Like, and I'm just like, oh my God, what are they showing me right now? I was freaking out for like 10 seconds until he finally pulls the chute. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's not going to die. <laughs> like, At least not in this shot, you know? Like, that's good, that's good. But yeah, there was some awesome stuff. Anyway, you guys have anything else before we wrap it up? Next week we're doing a Snyder Cut. Oh no! No, I will. I will mute me. I will leave. <laughs> you got. You all realize that you can watch it in parts. That is how. Oh yeah, that's how I like to watch my movie. Is doing it as a, a mini series. That's that's Barely, how. It's you have the ability to do that. I I I feel. I feel that the tone toward this movie will change after we watch why the film. Didn't after they you do all it in parts. I mean, now that I, now that you bring that up, why didn't he just release it in parts? Like, so if he, he wanted he, to make a four-hour movie, why didn't he just make it like Kill Bill Volume One and Volume Two? You know, well, that's an option to, man, to maintain his creative vision. That's Hold true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. that's why it's in four or three, obviously, as well. Blowing up cities. Yeah, it's true. So, so. From my understanding, and this is just based off pure assumption, it was originally supposed to be released in, in four parts, kind of as a miniseries, but I myself enjoy it as a four-hour movie more for two reasons. The first reason is that it's the same reason why any Tarantino fan and Kill Bill fans, or at least a majority of them, want Kill Bill as one movie, because it having that continuity there and not having to split it up and say, cool, I've just turned off part one, I'm going to turn on part two, and acknowledging that it's all one film means a lot to the viewer. And two, personally, from my standpoint, I have become to enjoy just sitting back and relaxing and enjoying a four-hour movie unfold. And So, first off, how dare you compare Snyder to Tarantino? Are you kidding me? You have yes. to watch that. Yes. What do you mean? It's, you were comparing someone that has actual artistic vision, and the other one just blows up CGI cities. They're completely gray tone on everything with no dialogue. His, 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 okay. his vision of what superheroes are, I find, is so unique. And is he's really a trailblazer in, in what he does. I also think he's sort of like the modern-day Wachowskis because he uses a lot of slow-mo. And he actually talked how... The Matrix sort of inspired him slash he was mad when The Matrix came out because he was like, man, I'm mad that I didn't do that. And I can see how The Matrix has influenced his filmmaking and then as well specifically Justice League, the Snyder Cut, because he is great as using at using slow-mo to get you on the edge of your seat. And he just he, plays he, a very... He oh. make the best DC movie. Like, this? I've been told Sam is way better than anything that he's made. Because it's uh, actually humor and dialogue. I think this could be one of the best comic book movies made. Okay, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna keep your word for that. That is certainly a bar. Yeah, yeah. that is something that has been said, hasn't it? Okay, cool. I'm glad. You this know is what? <laughs> so we're not gonna watch that next week. We will watch a different movie. I'm sorry, Hunter, but. I'm, I'm gonna kind of getting on board with Hunter that we should watch it. I don't know. Well, I think we can watch oh, it. Yeah, at some maybe. Point. How do we? We I, we can give it the okay. Andrew Bruce treatment. We all watch it and then just individually we all shit on it and then Hunter I mean, has to. I am gonna watch it this week regardless. So I'm maybe not, not. Okay, okay I want to say ten foot pole. I, I want you guys to understand the precedent you're setting if we watch Snyder Cut. 
because if we're opening the door to four-hour movies, no, you, no, you no, know no, no. that you, no, I am not watching you. Wandering in the Desert for four hours. At least that one has an intermission. That's the only good thing about it. Yeah, if anyone's allowed to ask us to watch a four-hour movie, it should be Andrew. He should be the one reserved to do that. So, like, Hunter, we will watch Snyder Cut if Andrew gets to pick a movie that's four hours or longer. That I think that's, that's a fair, that's a fair point. I'm, I'm, I'm down for both. I'm I think it's only fair if I get to pick a movie that's like 45 minutes long to offset it. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah, we won't watch them back-to-back, -back, but how about, how about this? Next week is the Snyder Cut. And then we watch a short movie. And then we watch Lawrence of Arabia. Wait, okay, first of all. Do we even have access to Lawrence of Arabia? Is that like in the public domain yet or something? Like, how do we watch that? Well, okay, first of all, it's never going to be in the public domain because it's too valuable to just let be in oh, the public domain. Oh, solid gold. It's too good. No, I mean, like, there, there are way less valuable things that people don't let their copyright expire on. I don't know. I have it on DVD, but I don't know where else to find it. Also, I'm not necessarily saying we should watch Lawrence of Arabia. Like, I think there's many other movies that we should watch. Did you just now. buy it because of the meme at this point, Andrew? Because I, I, I want to give you like a poster just to like. Just to be, <laughs> I mean, I do love that movie, but I just, I think there's other ones that are more fruitful for discussion. And also, like, if we're serious about Snyder Cut, like, how do I watch that? Is that yeah, I was gonna say, do I have to pay money for this? Max. It's on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got that. But, I know I know Colin kind of gets the short end of the stick on that one. Yeah, I'll just have Andrew or, or Chad stream it for me. We can have a little, and also oh, drink okay. all watching it. Just know it. I yeah. <laughs> I've been told it's a really it's a lot like Man of Steel, and I did not, not like that movie at all. So I'm very excited if we have okay. to watch it. So are we actually gonna watch that? Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. Let's do it. Let's get, let's. We can do Snyder Cut and Napoleon Dynamite. How about that? Snyder Cut and Napoleon Dynamite. You know, that'll give us some offsetting. Maybe we'll really enjoy the Snyder Cut. I, I have high hopes. My hopes are set at least above medium. But my friend Joe watched it and he said, my expect, he, he said his expectations. This is him as a DC like fanboy, self-described. He said, my expectations were the floor, so it was better than I thought. But, <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm pretty much going in as well so i i i'm uh I'm, I'm here i'm here for it you know all right so this week we'll be watching the justice league snyder cut so feel free to watch that in advance for next week if you'd like to listen and you know listen along or don't because maybe you won't miss anything <laughs> and we then, all uh, have a four-hour podcast to accommodate for <laughs> yes <laughs> yes we'll force the listeners to endure the four-hour podcast it'll be epic so Anyway, if you if you enjoy what you heard today, feel free to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at ampedaboutmovies at gmail.com if you'd like to share your thoughts or potentially give us suggestions for the future. Either way, we appreciate you listening, and I hope you have a great week. Peace.